Welcome to C3 Hobart Online. We hope that you enjoy this message today. If you'd like to get in touch with us, make sure that you listen till the end to find out how. Fantastic. God, I just thank you for your presence here this morning. God, I thank you wherever we are, at home in our lounge rooms, here, at work, at school. As we wake up of a morning, you are with us, close, beside us, behind us. You've gone before us. God, I thank you that we this morning become more aware of your spirit within us and your presence around us. We thank you for the time that we have where you speak to us and we're listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Please have a seat. So fantastic to see you fight through the weather and the torment and the world to get here this morning. For those online, it's wonderful to see you this morning as well. For those who haven't met me, my name is Alicia, and I have been part of this church now for over 20 years, and have been part of the communicators team here for about 19 of those 20 years. And we have been in a series called Truth Bombs. And it has been a fantastic series. Who's enjoyed it? It's been absolutely incredible. If you haven't heard all the messages, Pastor Sean has been speaking to us about the last three weeks, incredible messages that God will speak to you through. So I encourage you, if you haven't had a chance, then they're online. Please take the time to listen and let God speak to you through those incredible messages. So I get to continue our series today on truth bombs. That is that God's word is truth and he speaks truth to us in love. And we get to learn and change as we, uh, as we go through that. So I'm excited this morning to be able to bring this message to you. And today I want to speak through a scripture that was truth to my life, has changed my life and continues to change my life. And so I'm hoping this morning we all get to experience a bit of that truth for ourselves. Is that all right? So if you have your Bibles with you, why don't you turn to Hebrews 12? And we're going to start from verse 4, Hebrews 12 and verse 4. And it says this, it says, In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son? Because it says, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you. Because the Lord disciplines those that he loves. And he chastens everyone he accepts as a son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you're not legitimate. Not true sons and daughters at all. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. And how much more should we submit to the Father of spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little while, as they thought best. But God disciplines us for our good, in order that we might share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace 
for those who have been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled but be healed. Strong truth from the book of Hebrews. Have you ever felt like God was using a particularly difficult situation or circumstance in your life to get your attention? Have you ever felt like God was using circumstances that you didn't understand to teach you a lesson? And have you ever asked why you're going through all this struggle? Does God have a purpose for it? I've asked all those questions so many times. I love asking God a good question. And I used to feel as I asked all those questions, what is going on here with all of this struggle and circumstances and situations in my life? But my issue was I had such a problem with the word discipline that I used to pack that little scripture up, pop it away and not go through it again. And yet there's truth in the fact that God does discipline us. Now, as I've been a communicator for about 19 years, what I have found in my life is that God doesn't let me speak on anything unless I've been through it myself. And so as we unpack this truth together, can I tell you that I'm preaching to myself? That I am with you in how confronting this scripture is. That God has is currently and will continue to discipline Alicia in her life as she walks through it as well. So I've titled my message today, Losing the Limp. Losing the Limp. About two years ago now, I snapped my Achilles. It was a wonderful moment in time as my leg snapped (laughs) and gave way. And after surgery and three months in a boot, unable to walk on my leg, I took the boot off one night. So I had 13 weeks in the boot. I took it off and the physio said, it's now time to start learning to walk again. And I won't ever forget that night. I took it off. My whole leg had shrunk. I'd lost all muscle tone in that leg. And as I tried to learn to walk again, my leg didn't work the way it used to. And the physio said to me at the time, they said, Alicia, it is so important that you do the work you need to do in rehab. Otherwise, you will have a limp for the rest of your life. Now, for those of you who don't know me, I'm very good at starting things. I have a slight problem with finishing things. So, I enthusiastically took up the recommendation of the physio and I started my rehabilitation with gusto and did all the exercises. I did everything that I was supposed to do. I did such a good job in the start. Now, I'm two years down the track and my leg is 90% right. And all the physios in the room are saying, excellent shoe choice after you've snapped your Achilles. And it's 90% right. I did the majority of the work. But I said to my brother, who's also a physio and kind of knows me reasonably well, I said, um, oh, just a couple of months ago, my leg is not quite the same size as my other leg. It's still not back to the way it was. 
I said, what else can I do to fix this slight limp that I have in my leg? And my brother rolls his eyes at me. He says, Alicia, how are you going with your calf raises? Calf raises are when you're up and down on your toes. And I said, oh, yeah, I've done heaps of them, heaps. <laughs> and he said, can you do 75 on one leg, which is the, the, the aim, right? So one, two, right? 75. I said, oh, not quite 75, but I'm pretty close. I said, but is there something else I can do? And he goes, Alicia, calf raises. I'm like, I'm so bored with calf raises. Surely there's a shortcut. Surely there's something else. He's like, Alicia, you have to do the hard work or you're going to have a limp. And when I come up against this truth in Hebrews, God is saying to us that sometimes I will bring training in your life, I will bring discipline in your life, so that you don't continue to have a limp. But I had a few perspective problems when I read this scripture for the first time many years ago. I had a few issues that I needed to grapple with with this scripture. And so I want to talk about a couple of perception issues or perspective issues that we have. Because I struggled with the truth that the issues in my life weren't everyone else's fault. I struggled very deeply with the concept that sometimes I might be wrong. And I struggled even more deeply <laughs> with being told what to do. Yeah, no, none of you can, you can't relate to that at all. I understand. I understand. But verse 5 and 6 in this scripture tells us that we have completely forgotten this word of encouragement. That God disciplines the ones he loves. And I had a perspective, perspective problem with this because I saw discipline as punishment. But in this scripture, God is not talking about punishment. He's talking about discipline. And there's a difference between those two words. The translation in Hebrew in this passage means that God brings correction, instruction and training into our lives. God is not bringing you into punishment. In fact, the Bible says that when Jesus died on the cross, he removed all punishment and condemnation for our sins. He's talking about coming back in and being with you to correct, instruct and train you. And I also need to be aware that as I speak this morning, I don't know everyone's story here. So I want to be very clear about one thing. And that is that God does not bring about traumatic events in your life. He doesn't bring tragedies. And so this scripture is not talking about tragic circumstances that you have had nothing to do with. And he's not talking about ever using those circumstances as a penalty or punishment for something that somebody's done. That is wrong theology and it is not what this scripture is talking about. So I want to be making sure today that I am not talking to tragedies in your life. I am not talking to abuse. I'm not talking to trauma. I am talking about situations in your life that seem to repeat themselves over and over again. I am talking about God putting you in situations or allowing you to experience the consequences of your own decisions over and over again because he wants to address something in your life. So I am talking about things like anger issues. 
financial issues, friendship or relationship issues, commitment issues, withdrawal issues, inability to rest issues, achievement-driven issues, gossip issues, talking about somebody else issues. That prompting that you get from God when you know that what just happened wasn't right and you ignored it. I'm talking about when you read a scripture and it speaks to you right here and you put your hands over your ears and say, la, 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 and walk off. I'm talking about the times where a leader in your life, be it somebody at work, in sport, at school, in the church, comes to address an issue in your world or correct you and you respond badly and refuse to listen. That's what I'm talking about. In this Hebrews context, the writer of Hebrews is writing to a group of people who are being persecuted for their faith. So the people that he's writing to are actually losing their homes. They're losing their family members, their friendships. They are being persecuted for their faith. And yet the writer of Hebrews says, you have not yet shed your blood. God loves you. He was writing to them to say, it is not that these hard times mean God doesn't love you. In fact, it's the exact opposite, that these hard times actually can be evidence that God does love you. Because the other perception problem I had with this scripture was that God is a father. Because some of us don't have a lived experience of what it is to have a parent who was a good father. Some of us can't see God through the lens of a father because of our own lived experience as a child. And our concept of God as a father is distorted, whether it's through abusive or absent fathers or fathers who were unable despite their best best efforts to make the best choices for us when we were children. But the writer of Hebrews is trying to get us to refocus on God as the perfect father, That he is not coming into your life out of anger or cruelty, but he's coming into your life out of compassion and wisdom. God is a wise, compassionate, loving, present father, but he's not overprotective and he won't save you from some situations that he wants you to go through so that you can grow. God is not abusive. He does not discipline out of anger, but out of love. He is not cruel. He is compassionate. He's not trying to beat you down. He's trying to grow you up. And he's not negligent or absent. He has promised to never leave you or forsake you. He is never late and he will never let down his commitments towards you. So this truth in Hebrews tells me that I need to adjust my perspective on whether it's punishment or discipline and what it actually means for God to be a perfect parent. And the other perspective that he wanted to adjust in my life through this scripture was how I interpret events. We're all pretty bad at interpreting events. Anybody ever attached meaning to something? Oh, I know what's really going on here. I've got a fair idea what's going on here. We are really bad at interpreting events. And Jesus had to address this in John 9 because do you remember the story where there was a man born blind from birth and his disciples went to Jesus and said, what's going on with this situation? Whose fault is it? Is it his fault? Is it his sin or is it his parents' sin that has meant he's been blind from birth? See what we do? 
We try to find reason and try to assign fault and work out why this has happened. And Jesus said, none of that. None of that. That's wrong focus, wrong perspective. This happened so that my glory could be shown through my healing of this man. And so sometimes we think of correction. When somebody comes to correct you, we think of it as failure or rejection. And so we respond really, well, you don't, but I do, really badly. But let me tell you this, the writer of Hebrews is trying to tell us that if God is actually being hard on you, it's because you belong to him. If he demands more of you, he sees more in you. I've been a netball coach for most of my life. And for the last couple of years, I've been coaching state league. And there was one young girl in my team that I absolutely love with all my heart. And I've been coaching her since she was about 14 years of age. And she's six foot three. I'm going to call her Maddie for the purpose of this story. And she's six foot three, and I love her, and I've been coaching her from, you know, very young. And she had the ability to go onto the netball court and change the game. I mean, she was just incredible, and being six foot three kind of helped. So, but she also used to go onto the court, and she didn't know that she could do that. And so the other team used to rough her up a little bit and get a bit physical with her, and, and she used to get upset and get her head down and get, you know, and I used to go as her coach, and I used to get in her face. And I used to say, <laughs> I'm a great coach, I used to get in her face, and I used to say, you are Maddie Smith, you are Maddie Smith. I used to chest bump her. I used to get up there, and this little massive, huge, tall coach, you know, she'd be jumping like, boom, come on. Don't you know who you are? And one day she was crying at three-quarter time. And, and she's like, can you get out of my face? And I said, no, I will not get out of your face because I believe in you. Yeah? And that's what God says to us. He will not get out of your face because he believes in you. He loves you too much to leave you in brokenness. And we all have broken bits in our lives. It says not one of us is without sin. We all have repeat habits. We all have problems with our character. We all have issues that take us round and round and round the roundabout. And God says, I love you too much to leave you in that. That does not work for you anymore. If God stopped dealing with you, it would mean he's given up on you. And guess what? God will never give up on you. So don't let your perspective wander. Don't put that scripture aside just because we have perspective problems with it. God is not against you. He loves you too much to leave you. How do you react when God says to you, there's something I need to address in your life? God will give you situations and circumstances and he will repeat them in your life and give you multiple chances multiple opportunities to address that thing in your world. So the truth in Hebrews tells me that I need a different response. When I'm corrected and when I'm trained, when I'm instructed, instead of acting like a child, <laughs> which Alicia may have done every now and then, Instead of responding with, I'm not listening, instead of responding with tantrums, instead of responding with, I'm a terrible person, God says, you need a different response. 
Because instead of throwing yourself around like a martyr and saying, why me? Why God? Why is this happening? I don't understand. Why do I have to constantly go through this? God says, change the question. The question is this, am I helping myself through this or am I holding myself back? Is this behaviour working for me or is God taking me to another situation where part of my character is being challenged again? I was talking to my sister, who's a psychologist, and we were talking about the ability to self-reflect. We all have an excellent ability to reflect on other people. In fact, we love reflecting on other people. We post it on our social media. We feel like it's appropriate to go and give somebody our suggestion box and share our truth with them. But we're not that great at self-reflection. And in fact, she said that self-reflection is one of the most advanced human behaviours and very few people are actually good at it. And yet if you really want to listen to God, he wants you to self-reflect. In every situation, what is it in that that I need to learn? I read a quote and it said this, the most profound personal growth does not happen while reading a book or sitting on a mat. It happens in the throes of conflict when you are angry, afraid and frustrated. It happens when you are doing the same old thing and suddenly you realise you have a choice. And God's done it in my life so many times. This scripture was life-changing for me. The truth of this scripture was life-changing because God would come into my life and he'd say, Alicia, when you're in conflict with somebody that you love, you shutting them out and then exploding at them is not working. It's, It's not healthy. It doesn't help your relationships. In fact, it hurts them. We're going to deal with that. He said, Alicia... How you see yourself and the picture of self-worth that you have and your reliance on people encouraging you and your overreaction when people criticise you, that doesn't work. It doesn't work for you because I'm going to ask you to speak. And if you can't handle criticism, it's not going to work because you're going to get some. So I'm going to build you. I'm going to change that area of your life. Alicia, You're struggling with unforgiveness towards that person. I know. I don't ever want to see their stupid, dumb face ever again in my life. Oh, did I say that out loud? It's not going to work for you, Alicia. It's not what I intend for you. In fact, the Bible says if you can't forgive them, I can't forgive you. Ouch. Alicia. Have you given up on some areas of your faith because of the tragedies and disappointments that you faced? I don't want to leave you like that. I need to have your faith restored. I need you to be able to believe that I can do something different again in the future. Every situation that you face is an opportunity for God to train you, to correct you, and to heal parts of your life. If I'm working with people in a leadership context at work 
or in a church environment. I have one thing that I've learnt and I say to them, when you're in a difficult situation, you need to be a filter and not a sponge. A sponge soaks up everything, like everything, thinks about everything, tries to take on board everything, accepts all criticism. And God said, that's not what I need you to do. Half of the things that happen to you, what we need to learn to do is let them go through to the keeper. The majority of what happens to us, we just need to let let it go, let it go, let it go. But in every single situation, there will be a gem that God has provided you that you should filter and grab a hold of that is your opportunity to grow. There is something in every situation just for you. That's why God lets you hang out with really annoying people. Because those people are not there, you don't have to sponge up all the ridiculous things they say, but in that tricky situation, there is one thing that you can learn. There's one thing you need to hear. There's one thing that you can change, and that's being the filter. So I'm talking to myself this morning, just as much as I'm sharing with us, that some of us are walking with a limp. Some of us have stopped listening. Some of us have become stubborn. Some of us keep reacting and creating hurt in our relationships. Some of us keep going from job to job, from financial crisis to financial crisis because we're making decisions that lack wisdom. For some of us, we give up and we accept things in our life that God never intended for us and he doesn't want them there some of us have lost our skip we've lost our joy because if we're honest we spend more time thinking about what we're fearful of and what the circumstances are in our life than what the hope we have in Jesus Christ is from his word some of us have lost perspective and have begun to think that we deserve whatever's happened to us. And that's not truth. Some of us are fighting. We're angry, stubborn, stuck, holding back forgiveness, criticising. Some of us are flighting, walking away, isolating ourselves. Fight or flight. Let me give you another option. Filter. Let me give you another option, filter. There is something in that that God is bringing your way because he loves you and he wants that area of your life to change. God doesn't discipline you to break you. He does it to heal you and to bring you back to the original intention that he had for your life. Hebrews 12, let me finish by going back to our scripture in another translation. Verse 11 says this out of the Passion Translation. Now all discipline seems to be painful at the time. Those situations that you're facing, those circumstances, those issues and behaviours that you go round and round and round with, that is painful to deal with. But the Scripture says, it says, yet later it will produce a transformation of character, bringing a harvest of righteousness and peace to those who yield to it. Your peace is tied to the transformation of your character. 
So be made strong, even in your weakness, by lifting up your tired hands in prayer and worship and strengthen your weak knees. For as you keep walking forward on God's path, all of your stumbling ways will be divinely healed. Why don't you stand up this morning? I'm going to pray for you. If you're at home, I'm going to pray for you in your lounge room. And as God was continuing to speak to me as I wrote this message about areas in my life that i got to keep working on, my prayer for you this morning is that you would have a divine, miraculous moment where God actually comes in and speaks directly to the thing in your life that He wants to put His finger on. Because there is miraculous healing and your purpose is locked up in that fixing that broken thing. And for some of you, it's tiny. But it's powerful if we would turn to God and actually say, God, let me have an open, soft heart. Help me to self-reflect. Help me to drop all of what's happening about why it's everyone else's fault. And God, take me by the hand. Teach me what it is to change. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for you as you just close your eyes. That scripture says, don't take light of God's discipline. And what that means is, make sure that you don't just flip your hair, close your ears, say nice message. But you actually deeply reflect that the God of heaven wants to get your attention right now. And we turn to him and we say, God, help me. Help me. I've got things that are broken. I keep going around and around this issue. I can see it. You're, he's showing you. He shows you situations that you've had in your past, in this last week, and he will show you the theme. God, help me. I need to grow. I need to do something different. I turn back to you with that thing. Do a miracle. God, we bring it to you this morning. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to close with a worship set. If you've never met God, if you're online or you're here today, can I encourage you that He loves you. And He wants you. He wants to walk beside you. He wants to help you. He wants to transform your life. For those in the room, there's a space up the back. There'll be people there that can pray with you, talk with you, hear your story. If you've never met God, that's the place to go. And online, you can connect with us. Please send us an email, connect with us on c3h.life. But as we finish with this worship set, if God's speaking to you and you're facing something and you want to hear from Him, 
about what it is that you need to learn through that situation. You want to have a new perspective about what's going on. I encourage you to come forward and we're going to pray with you. We're going to pray with you. Don't take light of the moment. Come. And we're going to pray with you to give you a new perspective. To help if God's speaking into your world. So let's worship together and we'll be here for prayer. Thanks. Thanks for joining us today at C3 Hobart Online. If you were impacted by this message or you'd like to know a bit more about our church and what we do, you can get in touch with us via our website, c3hobart.org.au. See you next time.